in the name of God, the most gracious and the most merciful. Welcome to A Struggle Smart Podcast, a platform where we talk about mental health, identity, and faith. The reality is that at some point in our lives, we will all struggle with aspects of our mental health, our identity, and even our faith. This podcast helps make sense of those struggles and provides strategies and tools to struggle smarter. On today's episode, we explore the relationship between our identity and mental health and how often we are defined by people and institutions and labels than ever being provided the opportunity to define ourselves as how we see ourselves. I'm your host, Nabil Rahman, a registered social worker. I distinctly remember a conversation I had when I was about 15 years old. I had just been in Canada for a few years and I was attending a local youth event at my masjid and there were Muslims from you know all across the world and a conversation started around where are you from? Now This question is often a precursor to who you are. And we expect our identities to be apparent because we are here. But defining those identities sometimes become a little bit more complicated. And I got a firsthand experience at that. You know, I uh, was born in Saudi Arabia. I lived there for about 12 years before I came to Canada. My parents, my my dad is from Bangladesh. Uh, my mother is from India. And uh, so, you know, when this question is asked, I'm a 15-year-old young person wanting to seamlessly fit in, uh, but yet try to understand myself a little bit better. So this question that was asked of me, you know, did not necessarily have uh, as easy of an answer as some might have had. And so I led with what I felt uh, most represented where I'm from. And so I said, I'm from Saudi Arabia. The person who asked me this question happened to be from Saudi Arabia. And so they asked me, uh, do you speak Arabic? And I said, conversationally, yes, I do. Uh, They asked me if my parents were Arabic um, or from Saudi Arabia. And uh, the answer was, no, they're not. Uh, And so for that person, I was actually not from Saudi Arabia, right? Uh, The way they defined me and where I am from was uh, a person who might be Bengali uh, or Indian, uh, but certainly not from Saudi Arabia. Um, and, 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 And I've had that experience multiple times because... Oftentimes, you know, living in Canada for the past 25 years, um, as much as I see myself as a Canadian, oftentimes people have come and asked me, you know, and I'm sure for people of color uh, or for first generation or even second generation immigrants, uh, you know, the question might be, well, uh, where are you from? And then followed up with, well, where are you really from? And, and, and this, these questions really has stayed with me for the duration of my life. Because when I go to visit Bangladesh, uh, and when I have gone to visit Bangladesh, you know, the moment I speak, people are well aware that I am not actually 
you know, somebody who's from there, quote unquote, uh, or lived there. And it's the same experience in India, um, you know. So so in India and Bangladesh, you know, they look at me more as Canadian than they do as Indian uh, or Bengali. And in Canada, they look at, you know, some I'm sure might look at me as Canadian, but others might look at me as a hyphenated Canadian at best. Uh, and then when I was 15 years old, this young person saw me as not being Saudi. Now, we have to ask ourselves when all these institutions and people are seeing you as something other than how you see yourself, what kind of an impact does that have with uh, your mental health or on your mental health? And I think it's really important for us to have a very honest conversation around identity and, and how identity is very much a social construct um, and and if we truly and exclusively rely on identity being a social construct, then we are inevitably at the influence or at the discretion of institutions and people who have more power and authority and control to make those definitions, right? And 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 we uh, oftentimes are trying so hard to fit in to a identity but here's the interesting thing right we fit in by letting go of the attributes you know how people are seeing me is how i am choosing to be defined i'm letting go of the other attributes that i might have but we belong when we own those attributes um and 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 you know this podcast really wants to explore how we can start owning who we really are, how we can feel empowered by them. But before any of that can happen, we truly have to give ourselves the space to understand ourselves better, to recognize that identity is this notion of a, you know, very complicated social construct that has parameters that are designed sometimes socially, you know, nation states, our passports sometimes define who we are. Um, but it's also psychological, you know, psychologically, we are somebody, um, and how we see ourselves and who we want to be. And the idea is if we are not grounded in who we are from a psychological perspective, then we will always be vulnerable to define ourselves socially. Uh, and, and we'll get into a little bit of that. But, you know, for me, this, this very personal experience around identity uh, is, is, is a very telling sign that identity has a lot to do with belonging. And what does belonging essentially refer to, right? Belonging means association, associations with things that we might have in common, whether that's language, whether that's religion, whether that is uh, our skin color, whether that's the things that we have in common, sports, all those things that you talk about, you know, identity brings about safety and belonging, right? Because the moment we belong to something, we feel safe, right? And, and as a young person who's 15 years old, belonging is paramount because we don't want to stand out. We really, really want to fit in. At least that was my experience, right? Uh, belonging, when it's connected to identity, also means acceptance. 
I was accepted by the brother who asked me, you know, where I was from, maybe I would have felt like my identity held more weight. Maybe I wouldn't be so confused about my identity. Uh, and maybe I would have uh, fit in better, right? Felt more safe, not felt as vulnerable. But the reality is that I'm happy and I'm glad that that flux that I experienced when discussing identity at a young age stayed with me even in adulthood because it really made me reflect that our identities are not static, that they're very much fluid. You know, that at the age of 15, when I had, you know, come to Canada and it only had been a couple of years, my strongest association, my strongest belonging, my strongest experience was only to that of living in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, right? That's where all my memories were. That's where my formative years were. But 25 years later, if you were to ask me, where are you from? Am I still going to say Saudi Arabia? I certainly acknowledge that, you know, living in Saudi Arabia and being born there has formed a part of who I am and my identity, but it is not necessarily the identity that I lead with. You know, whether I choose to acknowledge it or not, I am very much a Canadian. The things, you know, I don't think people uh, are so fanatical over the Raptors are as I am. I don't think people watch the Leafs as much as I do in Bangladesh and India or Saudi Arabia. You know, these parts, and these are just obviously very uh, apparent, manifested things that, you know, might identify with me as being Canadian. But it's also the small things, right, that truly make me feel connected to Canada. Uh, but just because I'm Canadian, does that mean that I am no longer uh, somebody who identifies as, you know, also uh having a connection to Saudi Arabia, having a connection to Bangladesh, having a connection to, to India, um, you know. And so the idea here is that how I'm defining myself today is very different than how I was defining myself when I was 15. You know, and this leads me to really identify the two facets of, of identity, right? Like uh, there is the internal processes, the psychological elements of how we choose to define ourselves. And then there is the external uh, social constructs of identity and and really most of us spend our entire lives trying to be a socially constructed identity that we never spend enough time exploring the internal components of who we really are um, and so I wanted to spend a little bit of time on this podcast to highlight you know and I want to think of identity as a capital I identity and a small I identity. And oftentimes, the capital I identity is what is socially constructed, right? And so if you look at ourselves, and you know, just ask yourself this question as to, well, who are you? And many of us might identify ourselves with the profession that we have. I'm an accountant. I'm a lawyer. I'm a social worker, right? Capital I, you know, capital I identity. Uh, and, and, you know, well, what happens then when you're no longer a social worker? What happens when you're no longer a lawyer? Do you stop being you? When we define ourselves in such socially constructed ways, we are very dependent on holding on to a title that is socially constructed. 
and that at any moment can change and that it can any moment uh, can can impact us in ways in which we have no control over. But I suppose another question to ask yourself is, what does it mean for me to be a social worker? What does it mean for me to be a lawyer or to be a real estate agent or to be an accountant or to be an engineer or to be a doctor? You know, these identities that we have given a capital I to often have associations within us and we never explore those. You know, we give those small eyes, right? A person, for me, I might be a social worker because uh, I am empathetic, but that's a small E, right? It's not important. I might be somebody who's organized, right? Um, I might be somebody who is anxious, but that's a small A, right? We don't want to acknowledge those things, right? Uh, but those characteristics or those personality traits, let's say, help us connect with the socially constructed roles and the socially constructed identities. Because if a socially constructed identity, such as a social worker, allows me to be organized, allows me to be empathetic, and sometimes allows me to be anxious in positive ways, then I really connect with that identity. But the mechanisms, the characteristics and the you know the traits rather that make me mean are often all incorporated, amalgamated, and projected onto this identity that I've defined myself with that's socially constructed. And we are then at the mercy of that identity. But we need to take a step back. We need to give voice to those traits that help us identify with something that's socially constructed. Because, you know, titles will come and go. I might not always be a social worker. You might not always be a doctor. You might be retired at that point. And then how are you defining yourself then? What is your purpose then? And the more we are externally driven to these social constructs, the less we are aware of those internal mechanisms of identity. And so I just like to share with you my experience and my journey to really ground myself in those internal mechanisms, you know, how we slowly have those small eyes and make it into capital eyes, right? The internal mechanisms of self-awareness and, and self-concept. Uh, I want to give it a capital I. And a social worker is a small I, right? The small I is the socially constructed identities and the capital I is who I really think I am, the internal mechanisms, right? And And this is where uh, faith to me is such a beautiful thing, right? Uh, more so than anything else. If if I was stripped of all my titles, if I was stripped of being a social worker, being a community development specialist, uh, being a homeowner, being a husband, being a uh, a son, being a brother, if I was stripped of all of those things, what am I left with, right? Where are my traits? What are my characteristics, right? And 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 for me, faith has given me that substance faith has given me that understanding that at the end of it all this is how i am choosing to define my self-concept is that i am a muslim and when i say that i am a muslim there is a social construct as to what that means but there's very much a personal understanding of what does it mean to be a muslim uh, i look at that as somebody who has a relationship with god uh, somebody who submits to the will of God 
and somebody who is flawed in terms of the mistakes that they make and the repentance that they engage in and and a cycle of repentance and mistakes and repentance and mistakes and a cycle of wins and uh you know virtue virtuousness and 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 you know sometimes a piety uh but it's a, it's it, it's encompassed in somebody who submits to the will of god right the, the definition of uh, being a muslim and so that if i identify myself in my self concept that when all those identities are stripped away so that are socially constructed I am a Muslim. I am somebody who submits to the will of God. That can externally look like, you know, praying five times a day, fasting, going for Hajj, for giving charity, right? And all those external behaviors, those actions that I'm participating in has this very much an internal mechanism in place, right? Because if I exclusively engage in those external practices, but I never give voice to those internal mechanisms and how it feeds into who it is that I really am and how am I defining myself, then what I'm left with is a person who is at the mercy of how others have defined me as being a good Muslim or a bad Muslim. And again, we do not want the ability for others to who really define who we are, right? And, and the notion of self-concept is this understanding, is what you think of yourself, Right? What are you able to ground yourself in? And for me, you know, that is this definition that I am a, a, you know, a flawed Muslim, a Muslim who is trying to be better. Um, and, and this permeates in every aspect of my life. I'm not a perfect Muslim, but I'm a Muslim who's trying to, to be better. And so if I'm tomorrow not a social worker, you know, I understand that that identity that was socially constructed is no longer there. There has to be a purpose. And that purpose can be understood when I look from within in that my concept of self, which is a Muslim, is, you know, maybe seek guidance through prayer. See guidance through speaking to other professionals. See guidance through meditation, right? There is an internal mechanism that I have control over that allows me to be grounded regardless how others see me as or regardless of what titles or status I hold. This is important, right? And so for all of us, right, we all have a self-concept. I want to ask, you know, I want to implore you to explore, well, who are you really when all these identities that are socially constructed are taken away? Because you are someone, right? And, and that someone is unapologetically you. It doesn't need to be defined by someone else. And in fact, it doesn't even need a static definition. The definition of you can be very fluid. Uh, we grow, we change. But there needs to be something to ground us, right? Because as we grow and as we change, we can also be influenced, right? So the, the opportunity of growth and fluidity also comes with the ability to get influenced by external social constructs rather than the internal mechanisms of your personality traits of something that you can ground yourself over your self-concept and this is when you know we really look at uh you know challenges within our mental health where our self-worth uh, gets impacted right um, our self-worth is often a concept or you know the ability to understand our self-worth is in relation to others you know we define who we are in relation to others and this is very much an emotional process whereas the self-concept is very much i would say a spiritual emotional and rational process it's the ability to connect all three of them together to really come up with a strong grounding of oneself 
But if we leave ourselves susceptible, then, you know, our self-worth is influenced by the titles that we hold. That, you know, I'm a doctor and that's a, that's a title that in society is valued. And so my self-worth is connected to my title. I'm emotionally connected to a socially constructed title. And so when that title is impacted or the title is taken away or that title is in jeopardy, then so too is my emotional stability. So too is my emotional well-being. We are so powerless when we don't give voice to the internal processes and rely exclusively on social constructs, right? So our self-worth is very much connected to the emotional, uh, the emotions that we associate with titles that we have, right? I feel proud to be a social worker as I should. But I can also feel proud when I, you know, give uh, some change or some support to somebody who uh, might be need. But I'm, I can also be proud when I ace a exam that I might be writing. I can also be proud when I simply bow my head in prayer to God. Um, you know, I can be happy and content with the role that I have because it's financially supporting me. But I can also be content when I fast, I can also be content when I do this podcast. I can also be content, uh, you know, when I buy my loved one something really nice, right? And so the idea is that our emotional connections to our identities makes ourselves very vulnerable to how fragile our self-worth can be. And this also leads us to, you know, our self-image. Right. We identify ourselves, you know, the best version of ourselves. Think of self-image as the best version. This is where the ego really comes into play. Right. As to who we think, not necessarily we are, but who we view ourselves as. Right. Uh, and this is led by the ego uh, and, and, and our self-image might be inflated sometimes because we're a social worker or because we're a doctor, or because uh, we're a construction worker, right? And, and the ego sometimes becomes inflated because ego is inherently driven by fear, right? And, and many people might not think about it like that, but think of your ego as trying to protect you from not being anything less than you view yourself to be, uh, but it inflates it, right? It doesn't maybe represent an accurate picture. So it starts to glorify your current social construct and your identity, let's say that of uh, a doctor. And you might look down at somebody who might be a construction worker. And then the construction worker, his their ego might be impacted by saying, well, you know, your self-image of a construction worker is not as great as the identity of a doctor. So there might be something wrong with you. And you see how now... Fear gets trickled into your identity. Shame gets trickled into your identity. And then your self-worth gets impacted, right? So the reality is that our self-image, when it's driven by the ego, and it most often is, that fear of being anything else than what we view ourselves as leads us to make certain judgmental uh, you know, reasoning uh, or come to certain conclusions. But the reality is, what is the fear if you see yourself as anything less than a doctor, right? The ego is trying to protect you because it only wants to see you as a doctor because that's the only way it sees you as. But it blocks every opportunity to really experience the beauty of being something other than a doctor. 
that it really doesn't, you know, explore the gratification that might come from being a construction worker or being in the trades. You know, there's nothing wrong with any of these identities, but socially, I'm sure, you know, these we we attach values to these things, right? And these values have connected to our self-image. They're connected to our self-worth, right? Well, we have a self-concept where we take into consideration what is our emotional connections to roles. How can we best represent our traits, the traits that we have into the roles that people have socially constructed, right? We will invariably be influenced by social constructs. We live in a society that is in, in that is going to happen. But sometimes if we exclusively rely on that for our self-worth, then we leave ourselves very vulnerable to defining ourselves exclusively as that. And so, you know, the objective of this podcast is really to give a voice to yourself. You know, who you are matters and how you see yourself is the most important thing. So give voice to your self-concept, right? Exclusively uh, explore that you matter and how you see yourself matters. But how you see yourself cannot be something that is only understood in light of social constructs. It needs to be understood in something much more deeper. You know, we've heard things like our soul, you know, in Islam, our nafs, our ruh. These are, these are terms that mean something much more deeper than just simply our bodies right our bodies is a part of us but so is our spirituality so is our spirit you know and the spirit uh, while you know i am certainly coming from a perspective of faith it doesn't necessarily only have to be that right the spirit is something that you might describe as consciousness for example right and and so that consciousness is something that's much more than what this physical world uh, tells us that we are right It, it is inside of us it is there is something there and so give voice to that. Be that. Let that be the process by which, or let that be the catalyst by which you give your identity voice so that you are not susceptible to these social constructs of identity that you will just simply be chasing your entire lives and then they were all taken away. What are you left with? There's still a you, but who is that you? I hope this podcast was of benefit and I hope you truly explore identity, not simply as being socially constructed, but as something that is infused, you know, in society with the personal, with the spirit, with the, with the soul, with the ruh, with the nafs, and then come to the conclusion that more so than anything else, we can feel empowered to define ourselves with however our characteristics and our personality traits are represented in society. And we are no more or no less by titles that we hold that are valued in society, but we need to feel that contentment where our self-concept, the values and our traits are are given an opportunity to be represented in society in our day-to-day lives. Until next time, I hope this was of benefit to you. This is the Struggle Smart Podcast. Take care, everyone.